0: This is the exit, the Matrix podcast. I am Amin Drew Law, aka Amin TMK, aka Amin Habibi, plus size model, very troublesome. Next level with this next level shit. I am next to two of the most intelligent, most beautiful humans. Would you mind introducing yourselves?
1: Hi, folks. Kita is back
0: in the building. You're looking directly at me. What are you? What are you trying to communicate to me?
2: Yo, it's the motherfucking Mo Man, also known as the motherfucking Tanky. he could. Do.
0: Dude, dude. So we have a we have a, a, a fun show for you today. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm full of caffeine and, and lemonade, and I'm ready to do this. Shall we enter the matrix? Yes. Let's Do it. This is nothing personal for me. It's just business.
1: The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the '60s, and New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right up. So.
0: You Expecting any backslash? Huh? Oh, I'm already isn't it? Oh yeah. How does that feel? <laughs> Uh, so this is something I've been—we've been covering. Would you say that we have been covering the Colin Kaepernick situation? I would say that that's true. We talked about it a few podcasts ago. Podcast is how I tell time. Wow. Yes, and um, Colin Kaepernick was given a workout. Everyone rejoiced. Everyone clapped, and uh, social media was a buzz with caps return at least into the news cycle of sports and uh, so on and so forth. And. Then it came out that he was going to not participate in the NFL's workout, but he was going to do his own workout, and uh, he received a lot of backlash from that. Some information that Sports Illustrated got, they were able to obtain the contract that the NFL wanted Colin to sign. In that contract, there was all kinds of landmines. There was a clause that stated, if he participated in this workout, no media was to be allowed. It had very particular uh, language about his ability to sue the NFL for any sort of blacklisting And, you know, a very non-standard contract. So my my question to you are, were you surprised at all about this Kaepernick situation? Do you think this is the stamp for him to be out of the league? Yeah, where where do y'all humans, you intelligent humans, stand on this particular subject?
1: I mean, that contract was wild. It wasn't just him. It was his family can't. So if he were to die from the workout, then they couldn't come back. And it's typical corporation shit to me, honestly. I'm glad he did not go for that, that he rejected it and re- tried to reframe it, even though people are... Not people, but corporations and all these rich motherfuckers are trying to be like, why didn't you just sign it? It was to your benefit. You'd be incorporated back into capitalism.
2: Yeah, I mean, what what fuck with me was, you know, I'm not a big fan of NDAs, period. They shouldn't really be legal. Like, let's be honest. Because, you know what I'm saying? Free speech is a constitutional amendment. It's the very first one. There's nothing you should be able to make me sign that says I can't talk about some shit, so long as the shit is the truth. Now, you, I believe in fucking in niggas for slander and libel. If you're lying, I should be able to go to court and make you not be able to say this. But if there's something that you're saying that's fucking true, there's nothing you should be able to make me sign where I can't tell the truth no more. The fact that you know he wouldn't have been able to continue in his lawsuit... For coercion uh, with the NFL, how all of them are working in concert with each other, which is patently illegal, he would no longer be able to move forward on that lawsuit. And so for me, that's already a, a, a no good. You could watch me perform. I still don't get a shot on a team, but I've lost my ability to sue. There's no
0: upside to that. Yeah, I don't know, I understand how he was supposed to sign it. And he got a lot of backlash, right? Didn't you hear oh, mean, of course, how of course how tuned in? And, and who
2: is the number one pit attack dog? <laughs> Motherfucking Jay Hovel, yeah, who is the legal Carter. black dude now he is that black friend you know it's like and it's always one or two of these motherfuckers it's like the whole article that came out with buddha judge from the root immediately a black journalist had to be like no the root is wrong pete buddha judge loves the blacks <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like that yeah no nah, but but yeah you're right hove came out and he was talking about uh, how he believed he turned this entire workout. Into a publicity stunt, which wasn't it just a publicity stunt from their end?
1: Yeah, I was going to say a publicity. I mean, he's using it in a derogatory way, but I don't see a publicity stunt in a bad way, particularly in Kaepernick's case, because if he didn't put this shit on blast, he's putting his health and life at risk trying to do a workout, knowing none of these motherfuckers are going to hire him. That's not worth it. So publicity stunts in favor of the little people, in favor of independence and shining a light on corporations doing fuck shit. Yes, do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and there's going to be so many poison pills in there off the top. But it's things whereas like, if you take this, it's automatically they're they're giving you an offer that they know that you have to refuse. Be things like he won't be able to kneel anymore. Any team where he signs, he definitely will have to stand for the fucking pledge. You know, and it's like, well, bro, this is literally why I sat out. Like, so if you're saying the only way I could be in is if I do this thing, again, further abridge my constitutional right to free speech. like, And of course, he's not going to be able to do that. But the other thing is, I think it's at this point it's dangerous for him to be signed because there's so much bad will towards him. It'll be like when fucking Mike Vick came back. Motherfuckers are going to tee off on this dude. His health will be at risk automatically.
0: I think this went completely according to plan and you can tell because... All of the ESPN news anchor types have been regurgitating the same story. Oh, Oh, absolutely.
2: Steven Smith, right? And again, right, you know me, bro. You know my whole slam career, white people wanted to say I was difficult to work with. And what that means is you are not suitably pliable. You are not adequately deferential to what our expectations of your performance should be. You're not subservient enough. You are... An uppity negro And that's that's what he is He doesn't know his fucking place And that's that's how they're gonna come at this shit You know that you can't say this So you go and get Stephen fucking Smith To go out and say this shit it's-
0: They just hand him a, a briefing And it's like this is what it is Like that's whole, his whole situation right Like that's what he does
1: Yeah pretty much yeah.
0: <laughs> Speaking of selling out And, and artists and, and so on and so forth Trying to find their way In uh, this ridiculous matrix that we're into No name is in the news Mo man do you have a story on the very inc- incredibly talented, proficient rhyme spitter, bar giver, Chicago zone, no name.
2: Yeah. So what? What I love about this, you know what I'm saying, it was an XXL article that came out this week, and essentially is like, no name says she won't. Everybody's saying she's going to retire. That's not what she's saying. She's saying. She won't keep performing for predominantly white crowds. And that's one of those weird things when you're like one of the uh, the lyrical black people, you know, you don't necessarily have street cred like you ain't a gangster. You wasn't a trapper. And so you can look out at the industry and be like, I don't really know if there's a lane for me. So you end up at a lot of places where there aren't a whole lot of black people on the bill. But it's a lot of hippie kids that are into your shit. You, you, wanna, you just want to make music. You don't necessarily think about who's consuming the music. But then you show up to the fucking music festival and ain't nobody that look like you. And that can be off-putting. But also, it can be sad. It's like, why don't my people love me? So, like, it's a, it's a really awkward, weird place to be sometimes. And so she's saying really what she wants to do now is just focus on doing more music where she is in black audiences. Do you think that there is a lane for that? And if so, how would
0: you go about it? You know, I'm, I'm sure we all watch The Million Bob marley documentaries but i remember he was having the same issue when he came to the united states he was performing for predominantly white audiences so what he decided to do was go on tour i think it was with Earth, Wind, and Fire. It might have been somebody else, but he went on tour with them, and like, and and he opened up. I think he really appreciated and found that lane, you know, something necessary for him. And I think that when it comes to No Name, I think that she could maybe do something similar with someone like a Megan the Stallion, or, or any, you know, I'm saying any artist where where those there can be multiple acts and multiple performances. But I, I do get it, man. It is difficult if you want to be your own headliner and you're just going around from one city to one city to one city. You know, it can it can be difficult. And, and it's not always easy to open up for, for bigger acts.
2: Yo, so what we got next is uh this week in the surveillance state.
0: Y'all remember we were watching or trying to watch the new Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman or Irishman. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Yeah. Remember we were trying to watch it. Well, I did. I ended up watching it last night. Uh, I finished it. It's about Jimmy Hoffa and the union movement back in, what the was that? The Teamsters. The Teamsters. I, you know, I, I guess I didn't know too much about it, but it is interesting now to see Google fired four of their employees that have been active in the the labor organizing movement at at Google. Lawrence Berland and Rebecca Rivers spoke about uh, their firing at a rally, and it was attended by more than 100 Google workers outside of their San Francisco offices. Both said they had raised objections internally over Google's work with Customs and Border Protection. That's definitely a red flag. But they had not gotten access to the documents and they were not allowed to view them. But they were fired for apparently accessing or infringing upon the internal privacy rules of Google. So they are fired. And not only that, Google has hired IRI consultants to help them with these particular things. They uh, have a reputation as a union-busting organization. I went to their website and this is what it says. IRI consultants help organizations navigate workplace challenges, improve employee engagement and productivity, manage labor relations and implement effective communication strategies to achieve their business and advocacy goals. I feel like the more ambiguous it is, the more evil it is, you know. So your thoughts, your thoughts team. I mean, the first thing that that I hear though,
2: is the fact that they're protesting what Google is doing as far as their advocacy with ICE. Even before we start to talk about like that to me is the bigger thing. Like I'm definitely pro union. You know what I'm saying? I feel like all of us. Get together and negotiate together. All of us gonna get this bread. I'm definitely a big fan of that. You know, not talking about what you make. It only serves the the people that pay you. But to me, all of those are smaller concerns. Then employees like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? Like, do we really want to be tied to this? And then all of them come up fired? Nah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, because it's not just, I mean, it's a Border Patrol, but it's also Google's repeated violations of other people's privacy. It's so funny. They're like, oh, digital security policy. Their sexual harassment, the way they treat contract yes. employees. They
0: had a big sexual harassment.
1: Yes, we can't that forget any yeah, of that either. I swear,
0: it's the news cycle so crazy. I, Google's always in there for some bullshit.
1: Google has been in there for a lot of bullshit and of course contract workers because they don't want to pay employees the benefits that they're owed by calling them contract workers and on top of that California is an at will state but it has like some protections for it and so in California of course it's at will means the employer or the employee can terminate employment at any time but for California there are exceptions to this for public sector employees but specifically the one that kind of affects this conversation is that employees represented by unions and covered by a collective bargaining agreement that contains a just cause standard for termination. And so... Google is really trying to head this off at the pass because all of these workers have rights that are being violated. And so I always question any corporation that says, well, you know, they came up with a reason saying because they can't fire these people saying, oh, yeah, they tried to unionize. We fired them because that would be a violation. But saying, oh, yeah, they breached our data security policies, which technically this should fall under whistleblower policies, too, because Google's doing fuck shit. These employers, these employees are saying, no, nah, we can't take this anymore.
0: If I have all these protections as an employee that that's a full-time employee that works 40 hours a week, that has all these different benefits, it's like, okay, how can we maneuver around and avoid that? Well, I guess we can't necessarily change the law for full-time employees. They just, all right, well, we'll just make them contractors. It's just like how they get over on, you know, working-class human beings, man. And it's like another reason why, like, the healthcare conversation is just so ridiculous that we even have to have a conversation about universal. Universal healthcare and like that being a part of like what humans in the United States are like have access to, you know?
1: Oh, totally. And I mean, Google also has this really great brand because it's considered the modern workplace. Everybody wants to work there. They have nap pods and they let you come they and have go a ping as you pong please. table. They got a ping pong table and a video game room. And this, of course, would break all of that fantasy and propaganda around working for Google is amazing. They trust you as employees. And it's like, no, they're just like every corporate employer imaginable. They're the
0: millennial version. Yeah,
1: they don't give a shit about you. They want to get as much money out of you as they can without giving you any of the benefits, any of the, really, the rights you should have as an employee, which is what unions fucking help you do.
0: Um, shall we move on? Shall we? Oh man boss is something you got to deal with. So all of that collaborated, fabricated, it ain't going to equal up to this real shit. You know how I feel about voting. How do you feel about it? I don't – I feel like it's bullshit. I feel like it's not useful, and I feel like there's going to be another situation that pops up when it becomes like, you know, whenever the Democratic nominee is actually selected and they're actually having those debates. And you're going to have conversations with your Democrat friends, and they're going to tell you that this election is so important that you have to vote for the Democratic candidate.
2: I mean, they've tried this. They've tried this strategy. They do it every year. This has been the the go-to Democratic strategy really since... 2000 with george bush you know like if you don't you know he's like they kind of slid him through the first time like oh he's a fucking idiot and then in 2004 it's like you have to vote against george bush he's the scariest guy uh so then in 2008 when they didn't have that again the democrats are able to run on this fucking well don't you want something that's different don't you want an intellectual right there's nothing to run against and so they won with Obama, but now with Trump we have that again. So it really is its just a reimagination of the anybody but Bush. We talk about this in polyamory a lot. If I am talking about your other partner, that's kind of a wasted movement because what you're thinking about now is the other person. Even when you're saying I'm the anti-Trump, Trump is the name that you're talking about. That's not exciting. you know. All it does is it excites people that are excited for Trump.
1: We already said that Trump is the worst imaginable. So you 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 saying you're not him means, like, what? That you won't sexually harass people, but you will keep Guantanamo Bay open? Like,
2: I don't understand what this distinction is. Yeah, but with someone like Biden, you're not even giving up sexual harassment. What the fuck are you talking about? I did nothing wrong. I carried out the policy. His wife's finger in shit.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. So it's like being anti the other candidate, and I'm like, okay, but...
0: You're actually that candidate. What are you
2: gonna do, right?
0: All all y'all white dudes look the same from over here, bro.
2: You literally don't have to have a platform. Your whole platform is, I'm not Trump. Yeah, no one is. Mike Pence ain't fucking Trump. And that that really, it goes to the heart of the problem. Because that's how you get a Mike Pence. Well, I'm not Trump.
1: And then you brought up a good point where it's... We went through this with Bush, and then Bush got elected, and then got reelected, and so now here we are again with Trump. The ways that they try to convince you to vote fall on deaf ears because they don't understand that a lot of people have been living in this dystopia for a really long fucking time. And so when you can, when you try to make the argument that it'll get way worse, it's worse for me already. It's going to get worse for you, and you don't want that. But you have done absolutely nothing to make it not worse for me you just want me to vote on your side so it's not worse for you and that's right
0: not, right right that's right. not a convincing argument to make if you're not in the top 10 percent as a an american like what are politics going to do for you like right. what is a, the difference between being a democrat and a republican good literally do nothing for you? i
2: mean and you have candidates like michael bloomberg that prove that point like it's impossible to primary trump right now as a republican so what does he do he registers as a fucking democrat
1: Plus the fact that we don't always talk about the other things that happen with elections, which is all of the lobbying that happens too, and how bills get written, how policies get written and proposed. And the people don't have a say in a lot of that, which is the substantial shit that affects them. When we were talking about the Koch brothers and Koch industries and how all of their lobbying efforts has really undermined and undercut all of these social programs that were meant to protect people who are having hard times, because we will all have hard times eventually those are fucking gone we can't get
0: those back with voting here let me reel this in here because i'm very excited about all this enthusiasm that i'm getting you know i fucking hate voting but georgia's getting some big backlash right now and as they should because they've just been purging all of these names of from, from voter rolls and things of that nature you should
2: have to opt out and that's just the bottom line right, if i don't opt out i should never be off a voter roll and again they do this for the redistricting I'm not going to say that voting has no power. It is a demonstration of soft power. But there are better ways to utilize that power. You can make it known. You can make it utilize. I mean, you can't talk about voting for me and then not bring up the Stalin quote, he who votes determines nothing, but he who counts the votes determines everything.
1: Or even the fact that the voter purges, coincidentally, not sarcasm, increased when the Supreme Court decided that the Voting Rights Act should be eliminated, that, hey, we had reached equality, everybody's equal, everybody gets a say, so we don't need this Voting Rights Act. And then the moment people can take away your rights, which we didn't get to vote on that,
0: right? (laughs) Right. You can't vote to keep your own rights. You can't vote
1: to keep your own fucking rights.
0: (laughs) I'm going to hear this narrative of if you don't vote, you don't have the right to say anything. And I want to break that down a little bit. And I have a couple points here that I wanted to discuss. And the first thing is, how is it possible? How is it okay that physically voting in person can only happen on one day that's not a national holiday where you have to go to a very specific polling place to cast your vote man sometimes voting can be simple you hop on in there there's no big lines and you hop out but sometimes it is an hour wait and you're just out there and it's not first of all i don't want to have a conversation about voting until we can make voting more accessible for people so your thoughts on the the, pro, the time in which we we can vote And how would you change it? What the uh, fuck is up with that bullshit?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have so many feelings, and I love that. You know, I hate (laughs) voting. (laughs) I mean, yeah, because I think there's a lot of problems surrounding it, and then nobody wants to kind of dig in and say, these are the issues with voting, because folks feel helpless. and so I can understand why people say, well, we need to vote because it's, from their perspective, it kind of feels like th- that's the one thing that they can do and they feel empowered and they want to believe they have agency because if you're given a hopelessness, then you fall into depressive spiral you just lay on the bed and you're like what's the point of living anymore and that's difficult for people to kind of live in conjunction with that
0: so you're saying that voting is a coping mechanism
1: <laughs> I feel that way for a lot of people some people absolutely believe in the system some people it's a coping mechanism because feeling helpless is a really difficult emotion for humans to maintain that's helplessness facts. will just that's lead facts. us to like stop living and that's not something that the brain and the body want to do right and that's of course something that our loved ones don't want us to do they want us to continue living but at the same time what you said is voting is notoriously difficult in the united states and as income inequality begins to widen even more broadly that has become a literal impossibility, particularly since, you know, it happens in this time of year when customer service and retail workers have to gear up for holiday season. They're not allowed to take time off. They're not allowed to take time off, even if it were like something like March or April, where it kind of feels like it, there's no major holidays around that time, at least in Christian United States. Of course, for Jewish, we got Passover. <laughs> Ramadan
0: ain't no telling. You're right. not able to be any time of the year. So that's not for me. But I hear y'all. Uh, yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah, moon holidays, man. Uh, You're like, that shit moves. But we don't make it easy. And we we say, hey, there's this day. I kind of feel like it's a Kaepernick situation again where it's like, yeah, you can have a workout. Yeah, you can have an election day. (laughs) You can have an election if you want. If you want. Like, why aren't you going? Why didn't you drop your three kids off with your grandma? Oh, she wants to vote too? I mean, why didn't you just tell your job you wanted to vote? Oh, they said they would fire you? like but we gave
2: you a J Akita's hey, in her bag yo yo you know what happens when you increase voter turnout what's that Evo Morales Facts. Evo 88 Moral- percent of that population voted and that's how you end up with an Evo Morales. We're, right. Weren't
0: we talking about many podcasts ago, Count Time Into Podcasts, right. that Venezuela had one of the most—
2: Well, that that's Bolivia, sensible. but but same thing, right?
0: No, same no, no, thing but maybe we, were, we were talking about right. Venezuela. Remember, it was Jimmy Carter right. who was talking mm-hmm. about— when you know It because, was one of the least corrupt. Right, least corrupt. But what I'm saying right. is, remember, they told us that, oh, look at Venezuela. Their uh, they're whole voting, it was all of a fraud. And that's the thing, right? They want to
2: keep—and I say they, I mean the Democrats and I mean the Republicans. They want to keep everybody essentially a little bit burnt out, a little bit under-excited. Just more afraid of the other guy than in love with their guy, and because there are ways you can fix that easily. So Black Friday just happened. Twenty five percent of all of those transactions happened over cellular devices. Now, if you can make a transaction over a cellular device, you've already made a biometric link that's authenticated who you are. It's certified to the point where as a bank believes in it. If you can buy commerce from your phone, you can biometrically certify who the fuck you are and vote. With your phone. The Democrats and Republicans, nobody wants to see that happen.
1: Oh, facts. I was going to say taxes. We already do all of our tax Like... At least I do my taxes online. And they say, here's a way that you can verify your identity. You don't have to go into person. You don't necessarily have to sign a physical document. So we know it's possible. And it would get around that, okay, if it's going to be one day, then people can vote in any way that they want. That doesn't require, like, you mailing it in. I mean, absentee ballots are a thing.
0: How, How do you do an absentee ballot? How do you do it?
2: I mean, you go and you have to first get the fucking ballot and then you mail the ballot in. Or you can have it mailed to you. But the thing is, I just assume none of them shits ever count. All I'm saying is... I don't even have to take off of work to fucking vote now. I can do that during my lunch break.
0: What do I need to buy, stamps? (laughs) <laughs> to go to absentee absentee. Val- what am I, in Alaska? Like, what are you I talking? Know, but that's no the, way. The
1: excuse that they say, well, oh, you don't have God. an excuse not to vote because you can do it absentee. And I'm like, yeah, but that's still like a lot of fucking work. Whereas, yeah, the phone situation, the fact that we can do it online, that if we really, really honestly believe in voting and that everybody should get a say, then it should be a national holiday and no one should be able to deny anybody in the United States the right to vote.
0: Felon should be allowed. To be. Oh, so you brought up another point that I wanted to talk about. I think that we're looking at what, about three? We're, we're encroaching upon three million incarcerated persons in the United States.
1: Yeah, and increasing.
0: And that number, that number is only people that are currently incarcerated right now. There are so many people that exist in some sort of parole situation that are at halfway houses, that are on ankle monitors. these This is not no freedom either, you know what I'm saying? So are, are they even going to be able to step out in their house and, and vote on that day? I don't even know if you're allowed to do this. So what I'm saying is we're having 3 million people that are incarcerated plus the extension outside. Uh, so you're talking about millions and millions of people that can't vote. And that's never a conversation. Oh, oh people no. are in jail, can't vote. M- many people who have experienced felonies. I know in Florida, there's a situation going on when you, you have to pay like all this rest, you do have to pay restitution, you have to pay taxes, you have to do all these things to get to be a registered voter. Yeah,
1: yeah. You have to go through the expungement process or I mean, in some cases, you have to do a governor's pardon and none of that shit's guaranteed. Or a petition. You have or to a p- petition. petition, yeah. State. You're essentially begging somebody to say, hey, you know what? I've atoned for what I did. Please let me be a member of society. But- we always know that in order, like much of the United States, this is built on racism. White supremacy, yes. <laughs> and white supremacy. Talk to the people. Incarceration is just another form of enslaving black people and people, communities of color right now. It's still majority black people, but definitely other communities of color have now been welcomed into the prison industrial complex in order to welcomed do free labor. Come on
0: labor. in. <laughs> yeah. Bring your whole family over. Yeah, We got something much. for everybody.
1: So free labor and denying you the right to vote. Unless you go through a bunch of hoops, which a lot of these folks aren't going to do or are going to have access to because, of course, they've taken libraries out of prisons too, so they don't even know what their rights are regarding that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and all of this shit is straight out of Reconstruction, right? When we're talking about Jim Crow, we're talking about poll taxes, we're talking about literacy tests, all of those kind of things that serve to disenfranchise. Because Democrat, Republican, it doesn't fucking matter. They don't want an empowered Populist. they don't want people that are on fire for candidates they want people that just don't want the other guy because then when you start to fall in love with candidates like they have to have policy positions and shit they have to promise things it's like well, what do you believe in? I believe that I'm not Trump. Okay, I can see that, but what do you believe in? Well, I'm
0: not Trump. Look, I'm, uh, y'all are on fire right now. I just want to tell you right now, y'all are both on fire right now. <laughs> you are too, friend. I, My goodness, just a reflection of your light. Uh, <laughs> got that from my good homie, Lomay. But I wanted to talk about another thing, the electoral college. What the fuck is up with <sighs> that? What is that bullshit? Because I, as I remember, last year or last election, not that I'm here for crooked Hillary, but I mean— she did win the, the the popular vote. That was a failsafe. Well, do you want
2: a small subset of the population to control the election? Bitch, that's what the Electoral College is. I don't give a right. fuck that the person in Wyoming is mad that there are 17 million people that live in California because no one made you live in Wyoming. You could have lived in L.A. You could've lived in San Diego. You could've had access to that. But we all know there are certain places where certain people in this country still can't comfortably go. Because mm. at best, you might get a cross burned in your fucking yard. Facts. In 2019 America. Facts. There are counties where if you're a person of color, or you're queer, or you're Islamic, you will never feel safe to buy houses in these places. Places like Wyoming. Places like the Dakotas. Places like Alabama. Places like the middle of Pennsylvania. Nebraska. You know, Nebraska. Yeah. You're all talking about one, very
0: dangerous. Right. You're talking about all the states that don't listen to this podcast. Right, <laughs> right, right. You know right. what I'm ah, saying? Well, fuck them. They can't yeah. be offended. Right now, right. yeah, they can't be offended and fuck right. them. You know what I'm saying? But you're right. If, if Wyoming and Nebraska and South Dakota and Idaho all have these two senators, you know what I'm saying? Then you're gonna be leaning towards that. And what what are those mid-America places? They're high intensity right wing. People. That's why Kanye moved there. He moved to Wyoming. He moved to the most Republican state he could go to. Anyway, I digress. Yeah.
1: yeah. And many electoral colleges aren't mandated to
0: to go with the popular vote of their state.
1: And so Trump getting elected proved too, because a lot of the electoral voters were, oh, I'm going to do the right thing, you know, and and not. And then they fell right in line because they're the people who have been appointed by the powers that be. Sadly, that's where the Chilean protest is, too, where they're like, hey, we're going to bring together these people, the small subset of people that don't represent you, in order to maybe decide if we're going to rewrite the Constitution, kind of, sort of.
2: Because what you end up with every other time is you're making an argument why— 20% 20% of the population be, sh- should be treated like 50%. And, and that's what you end up with, with the electoral college. And there are states that have done that specifically to make sure that they keep control. We talked about this a little bit ago. Mississippi is that way. You can't become the governor in Mississippi by winning the popular vote because there was so many black people that lived there. They didn't want to have to worry about all the black people getting together and voting in the black people. You have to win a majority of counties in... Mississippi, and they essentially do the fucking, now again, bruh, there's definitely counties in Mississippi I ain't moving to, young. Straight facts.
1: And, because I think part of the argument that people try to spew at you of why they want to keep the electoral college is also disingenuous in that, do we really want everybody to vote? Not everybody's educated. And I'm like, that's Earth? something we should fix. Like, we how do we ever say that voting's important if we, then we call most of the people stupid for not being educated enough about their candidates, much less the way the political system works, much less how, like, wow. voting works. That, like, same. education should be something that we should do and now they're also arguing, oh, our education system has failed people so we shouldn't give them the right to vote. And I'm like, this is so backwards. How did you make this make sense?
2: Also who the fuck are you to know what somebody's relative intelligence is as it relates to a candidate
0: that's the same people that be have heard like local politics matter and you gotta be on that local politics that's the same asshat motherfuckers that be doing that yeah, same shit at the same time they're calling you an idiot yeah so what, are, what okay so this is the last thing I, you know I'm just trying to hammer home next time you have a conversation about voting you need to be bringing all these things up people who are listening you bring, you know you're what bringing
2: what up voting but I know where you gonna go man if we talk about voting we gotta talk about
0: polls you know why because I remember last time I had mentioned polls and and it was like – I'm telling you, man, you had just gotten hit with some like – Poles are ridiculous. Nah, because – yeah, like a smelling salt. It was like you were laying on the ground. You had been knocked out by the safety, and you were like, oh, you were completely out. And then they had that smelling salt, and you popped right back up as soon as we started talking about poles. And I thought how ridiculous poles were before that. But when you were on it, man, I just wanted you – if you would mind – uh, elaborating on why polls the are some straight up bullshit. The about
2: polls is once again, just like we should be able to vote from our fucking cell phones, we should be polled on our cell phones. This is where people are. But instead, the way that polling mechanisms work is they're only calling certain people after a certain time of day, between I believe like five and eight, and they're calling them on people that have landlines and answer. Who the fuck in this day and age? got a landline yo boomers right boomers so when you're getting like 40 percent of people are in a biden yeah 40 percent of motherfuckers is eating metamucil and wearing diapers and shit yeah
0: i usually fax my poll numbers in
1: (laughs) (laughs) nah carrier pigeon is the way to go
0: classic (laughs) so many people are such bandwagon fans that, like, I feel that way about political candidates. It's like, Pete Buttigieg just popped out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like Pete Buttigieg. He's a real good guy. And it's like, how did you figure that out? How did you come to that? Oh, you just saw that he was up on some polls, and you were like, well, maybe everyone else is right about this particular thing. I I feel like it's just used as straight-up propaganda, right, to, like, move whatever particular candidate is in the front-runner for them to warrant. So polls are just So polls are bullshit, right?
1: (laughs) I don't know what polls are. No, they're totally bullshit. Particularly when you ask people certain questions and the way that the questions are phrased, you can hone in on faults in the way the human brain functions. Right. It's like asking and I mean, because that's kind of what they do, right? When they ask for polls, something salacious has happened and everybody's hearing all of this bombardment of the big news stations that are owned by, you know, monopolies, essentially. And then it's like, oh yeah, I feel strongly about that. Erg! And it's like, (laughs) yeah, because you heard it five minutes ago, but if we asked you like a month later, you would be like, what was that? Yeah. Right. What
0: happened? What I don't understand. Those are the same motherfuckers <laughs> that you need to be more educated.
2: And the whole point of that shit is phraseology. Again, she's drawing a, qu- a point to it, but like the phraseology of all that shit matters. For example, if you were to say, Do you believe that Mexicans have a right to come to America whenever they won't? Nobody's going to say yes. Right. But if you phrase that, do you feel like people have an, in- have an inherent right to return to the land of their ancestors? Now we're on the other side. You're going get a 100%. It's like, all right, we'll bet. This is the land of the ancestors of the fucking Mexicans, so they have the right to return to California. No, 100%, though. I don't
0: know what 100% ain't happening to nobody. Uh, yeah,
1: and then, of course, it's supposed to be representative, but as we must always ask, representative of whom?
0: No, I mean, all great points. Once again, y'all are in y'all bag, man. I'm I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by by the amount of wisdom and, and knowledge that I'm getting from y'all. I have one last question, man, because, you know, I, I, watch, I watch a lot of YouTube, whatever, so on and so forth, YouTube videos of people, and they're always like, get out there and call your congressman. And if you care about something, you should call your congressman. And I didn't know, because I really don't have any idea about like, what that looks like. you fucking D.C. kid. The fuck you know about a congressman? Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> who am I going to call? <laughs>
2: you may as well call a fucking Ghostbusters, nigga. What's up with that? What's up with that call your congressman bullshit that I always hear? Like, what, is, is it viable? There was a time when it mattered, right? When that was the constituency. Now, look, you get irritated to piss out of them, is what you can do. But more than a call in, you do better to show up. Like, if you can actually go to their office with (laughs) 3,000 motherfuckers, like that, yeah, I mean, that's the way to do it, because they have congressional offices in their district. If you out there 3,000 motherfuckers picketing, that's gonna matter way more than 3,000 motherfuckers called and left an opinion. So, like anything,
1: calling did work. It was a great form of protest, but... Congress folks have gotten around that now. So they definitely are blocking or they're just ha- not answering their phones. or not passing on those messages. I'm not saying that it still can't be a great act of protest. The
0: shit is not efficient though, right? Like, no one should be caping for some fucking call your congressman. No, no, no. There are better things you can do
2: with that kind of energy. For example, you can organize those people getting together and rallying for a random third party of your fucking choice. Instead of 3,000 motherfuckers calling in and harassing your congressman, 3,000 people are now canvassing for the fucking Green Party or the Socialist party or the fucking libertarian or whatever the fuck you fuck with 3,000 people handing out flyers that's going to make way more change than 3,000 people calling your congressman.
1: Yeah, I mean, not calling for change, but definitely calling to be like, you're in irritation. Yes, let's go back to fisticuffs since that's apparently still in our law books. You know what I mean? Like, I-, I feel that is still effective because it's saying, hey, you still have fucking constituents. You have to be held accountable. But we have to change up those methods and the ways that we try to get that message across at the core of all things.
0: I appreciate y'all so much. Appreciate you are the
1: best, I mean. Oh, my God. I just want to
0: say. No, you're the best, Keita. I just want to say that. But um, I, w- I would like to move on. Did y'all have anything y'all wanted to add about the voting situation?
1: We got so heated
0: on that. You know, I just think it's important because there's so many of my poetry friends and so many of my activist friends always constantly at a stalemate with them when it comes to this voting situation. And I know a- uh, some people that are listening to us right now probably are on that same, like, you don't vote blue, you don't vote true, you know? Like, if you are into voting and you are into, like, changing the way that we handle policies in the United States, voting has so much of that matrix malaise around it that it's not as impactful as you think it is.
1: Same. Because when people try to argue, because I know people who haven't voted, who told me the reasons why and trying to understand it, and then people who have voted who've become sort of manic about it. And I know it's because they feel helpless, but it's like, you're not hearing the other side of why people don't vote. And you're not empowering those people to vote by calling them names, by further ostracizing them and saying that they don't have a voice. They already feel they don't have a voice, which is why they aren't voting. And you are further disenfranchising that individual or really that group of individuals, really this community, and you become part of the problem.
0: And think about your space within the hierarchy of society. You know, If you're a person that's a homeowner or you're a person that, you know what I'm saying, has a, a, a good financial situation or you're a white person or a straight person or a cis person, all, all these different things are privileges that, that you are given and you have more stake in that Democrat and Republic small 10% change a lot of people, doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican, they are constantly going to be living under oppressive ideologies and oppressive institutions.
2: Sure. I mean, I, the only thing I would say, right, as the one person that is actually super pro voting is I'm a big fan of power, period. And voting is still a demonstration and a utilization of soft power. It is a tool. It's not the perfect tool but it's a tool. It's it's a tool for a certain thing. Plus, again, it's the only way you can ever be on juries is making sure that you're registered to vote and voting, and that is more impactful than anything you're going to do in the voting booth, is making sure that, you know, I, I hear that all the time. I just want to smack the shit out of people when they be like, oh, man, I want to get out of fucking jury duty. Motherfucker, go in there and save a life today. Like, don't shirk your duty on jury duty because, you know what, more than likely, it's some fucking poor black kid that's been brought up on some bullshit, and it they need people like us to be out there on them fucking juries to like hang that shit up, man. Just be that one person. Like, you know what? I, I don't. I don't think the state proved
0: their point. I, I'm not convinced that he did it. There are things that you can vote for that are like, <clears throat> what did they call them? Um, Rank choice voting. We can vote on that. <laughs> right, 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 but but things that are like um, I'm having a brain fart right now, but you know, essentially, like um, you're talking about when they have ordinances. Those, uh, oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, like, you know, do you want to
2: vote for a party
0: legalization or a decriminalization? Yes, right. those kind of right. I feel like those a living things, wage, <laughs> right. I feel like those things are impactful, and I would love to see a quote unquote democracy where I got to vote on more policy, and I didn't get to vote on necessarily people who would choose my policy. Because I think most people, on the contrary to what all these other people are telling you, they're, they're too stupid to understand, I think most people can understand a lot of these like political hot topics or, or, or hot takes, you know what I'm saying? And we can vote on those as people. I don't need my representative to vote on absolutely everything I ever did, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I don't need it. I, agree. I can vote myself. Anyway. Uh, I digress. No, I hope not at can't. all. You
1: were super on point.
0: Yeah. Yo, man, you ready to shift? Last paradigm shift on the end. Let's do it. What we do now and in the next few years will profoundly affect
1: the next few thousand
0: years. So we had a super fun time the other day uh, on, was it like three days ago? Friday? I don't know. It's not a podcast. (laughs) I can't tell time because it's not based on a podcast. You know, yesterday, not
1: yesterday. It was the day before yesterday. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Some days ago. It was Friday.
0: (laughs) It was Friday.
2: Motherfuckers Um, were still riding high from that tryptamine, from all that turkey up in the motherfucker. We was
0: turned out. We was at Dave and Buster's. We was... You know, shooting and driving. Yo, and it was the bowling. first time I'd
2: ever been. Yo, so kudos to that shit.
0: Yeah, so we we ushered in this guy's uh, Dave and Buster's cherry. You know what I'm saying? And it was it was it was lovely. You know what I'm saying? I had a it good was, time. It was. Uh, we, we were tender and kind. <laughs> <Wow>. um,
2: <laughs> All these motherfuckers, guys, world. I just want to say,
0: okay the little tanky that
2: could they ganged up on me like fucking capitalist because there was a four way air hockey thing and they 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 they're made evil in sure mean
0: yeah because we, uh but there was it, i i forgot it was black friday because there was nobody in the mall where the dave and busters was and i just thought about like is it relevant like Like, remember in the 2000s, it was like, people are being murdered on Black Friday. What the fuck is that,
2: right? I mean, just think about that. Of course, I'm a Jew, so, like, your whole, not your whole Christmas thing, but, like, (laughs) <laughs> the whole fact that this thing is happening literally after the day where ostensibly motherfuckers are getting together to praise the world and talk about how happy they are for everything. Literally the next day, you're willing to run a motherfucker over to get to fucking PS4. <laughs> like, Jesus, I will run you over and kill you because my kid got to have this thing.
0: Yeah, so so Black Friday, I I, I don't remember anything crazy, anything popping off. I, I was just wondering like we I know we oh, so we were talking about voting, right and you were yeah. talking about how you can buy stuff or not buy stuff, but you could basically just vote from your phone because you can already buy stuff all from that your stuff phone. is
2: at, yeah, they absolutely Google knows they know when you are sleeping, they know when you're awake. they fucking know the metadata can absolutely substantiate who the fuck you are? right to the point whereas look banks are in the business of making money because they don't take risks so if banks are willing to authenticate and verify format and shopping transactions from a phone you can definitely do it with banking yo you know how much money was done
0: on what black friday friday yeah 4.2 billion 4.2 billion billy online oh so people online Up 14.5% uh,
2: Forty-five percent of those sales were via mobile phone.
0: Really? So two Billy straight off the mobile phone. Yeah, but you can't vote on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. So people we are basically we never
2: really know that it was you on the phone. Visa knew. Visa knew. Visa would have been calling my ass otherwise. Like, hey, bruh, I don't really know if you want platinum speedos in the Lamborghini, bruh. I mean, if it's you, that's what it is. Just tell us if it was you. We'll put the charges through
0: would it be accurate to say that black friday is not gone up or down it's sort of on the same pace it's always been but it's just happening online instead of you know at 12 you know midnight thanksgiving eve
1: well i i would say it's both cuz i have friends in retail and they are miserable honestly I mean, and all of these stores wouldn't open on Thanksgiving Day if Black Friday wasn't such a big thing. Because if there's not money in it for them, they would stop doing it. And they keep encroaching sooner. And thank God for Halloween. I can't believe, you know, as a Jew, I have to say that. But (laughs) it's the only thing keeping back the Christmas horde. Black Friday is As as much as we try to make it not a thing, I really wish this is one of those things millennials would fucking kill already. It's still a thing because retail and service workers are completely miserable during this time of year. I mean, during holiday season, but particularly on these really grueling days where they have to get up at three in the morning or go in on Thanksgiving Day, where people can then condescendingly say, I can't believe you're open on Thanksgiving Day, unironically, without looking at themselves of why that might be happening. But I think a lot of it is taking place online, but that doesn't help either because with Amazon essentially getting that service with the United States Postal Service, oh, right, <laughs> we now get mail delivered to us seven days a week, which never happened. I, Sunday used to be sacred. Um, not for me, because...
0: Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but you had everyone had a day. They could just everybody had a day.
1: And USPS especially had a really strong workforce where they didn't have to work on Sundays and now they're working on Sundays where shipping is constant. And so even online, we have to see that there's people behind making sure that all of this works, they're still getting punished on kind of this day.
0: Yeah. Instead of behind the register, they're just in a warehouse now, like essentially, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. They're in the warehouse trying to pick as many packages as they can because the surveillance state is literally watching them with all of these biometrics, these cameras yeah. to sort Jeff of... Jeff
0: Bezos had a bracelet on him or something It was yeah. like, oh, if you were idle or you weren't working fast enough, it would shock you. It was a freaking shock bracelet.
1: Pretty much in these awful conditions trying to make sure that people get their two-day shipping.
2: Yeah, I mean, what was that thing, right, where they you talk about at the Amazon warehouse how motherfuckers are literally running around in adult diapers, you don't have time to go to the bathroom. I mean, modern shock callers, I mean, you're back to the land of overseers, right? Man. Do I have permission to switch it up or any more thoughts? I do want to say this uh, I want to give praise to all of the cats that's out there striking right now, hold out because you know what, the world's most expensive man, the, the world's On paper, wealthiest man, he can fucking afford it. Y'all hold out. You know what I'm saying? Exit the Matrix, we with y'all. All All of y'all trying to get that, get that, man.
0: Uh, Cosign, big cosign. Just speaking of holidays, and of course, Black Friday happens or happened. I don't know what it happens for now, but December holiday, Hanukkah was like a big thing for America, like to to add on to like the Christmas thing. I know you guys always talk about how like Hanukkah is not like this huge holiday. Do you want any comment? (laughs) <laughs> y'all are just like looking at each other I'm so sorry I didn't here's be- the thing man here's the thing I just want to inform our listeners when you
2: talk about when you talk about like Jewish shit right you gotta look at the I think the historical context of everything this was one of the first examples of very zealous Jews trying to kick foreigners out of the land and they're trying to create that less take back Israel for the Israelite and so what you ended up with was a group of people called the Maccabees and the Maccabees fuck what you heard the Maccabees with the Jewish Taliban. I mean, they were incredibly conservative. And yeah, they were rebelling against the Macedonians for a time. They were able to restore power to the Jewish people, but they ran it in such a repressive way that it's very hard to celebrate the holiday. Like, of course I could celebrate Jews taking back Israel for for Israelites, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's fucked up when you think about what the Maccabees stood for. They're the literal opposite of progress. And so, like, for me, it was already a weird holiday. One. not a high holy day. So it's not held in the same weight as like the day of atonement or Jewish new year or Passover. It's not held in the same weight as the Sabbath. It's, It's in a different class of holiday. And then on top of that, in America specifically, at least as I saw in the Jewish communities I was always in, it was Jewish Christmas. It's like, We're going to do Christmas, but we're going to do it bigger because we got it for days and days and days and days. And so, like, if I'm not celebrating Christmas, I'm not going to
0: celebrate fucking Hanukkah under those particular fucking conditions. I appreciate the explanation. I hope our audience learned a little something. I know I did. I want to say, like, a lot of these holidays that we end up celebrating, like, of course, Ramadan is a very particular holiday for me. And... uh, like those are important in is islam and those are never going to change but these american holidays the the holidays that have been americanized you know i'm thinking about like valentine's day and fourth of july oh and my god saint patty's day now Saint Pat, right saint patrick's day like it's just whatever excuse i guess people have to like put on a sale or go out drinking i don't know what people do i'm in a, in a podcast booth basically, <laughs> but you know i i know that like i'm not the only one that is sort of pulling away from, like, these American holidays, even in the way, like, you know, I used to even eat turkey and stuffing and go around a table and say what I was thankful for, like, maybe three or four years ago, but now I I, I really, you know, this is the first year where I really decided, like, I'm not going to make anything that even resembles Thanksgiving food, you know, I made lasagna and falafel, like, that was my two contributions to Thanksgiving, and I, like, really am trying to move away from it. And I feel like we were all kind of just trying to move away from this, like, American holiday bullshit system. Did you ever fall into that, like, oh, 4th of July, America. Like, was that never a part of y'all narrative? For
1: me. I mean, my stepdad was in the military. So, of course, 4th of July was a thing for as a family outing, but not for me personally. No, okay. I mean, growing up...
0: You were so woke back then. No, no, no,
1: no. It's just, it's... (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was so woke back then. I would say (laughs) it's really the product of the fact that my mother was an immigrant and I had to see the way people treated her as an immigrant, even though she had become a U.S. citizen. People did not see her as a U.S. citizen. And so it was kind of like, well, what what do these holidays mean when you have a parent who came to the United States from another country, and you have to see, granted, a person of color. (laughs) I don't think this always happens to people who come from France. But seeing my Korean mother having to come here trying to navigate the language, trying to navigate, like, this whole world, and seeing that she did not get treated in the same ways, and to see the ways that she was kind of being forced to assimilate into the United States to prove she was a citizen just gives me a very different perspective on American holidays.
2: Did you really just say a whole new world, but you didn't sing the shit?
1: A whole new world. world. Backup singers. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Ada hey, Cyrus. Why, I got to sing it. Y'all did it. I
0: got a good voice and a pretty face.
1: <laughs> you do, um, my friend. Oh, I that was beautiful. beautiful duet, you two
2: employed. Thank oh, you.
0: Oh, you know, we're servants of the people as Leos. <laughs> but, you know, well, my black... light
2: is just a reflection yeah. of your light. <laughs>
0: Stop trying to cook me, bro. Yeah, Stop trying know, to cook right? me, bro. You try to cook it's me now. positive. Let's stay positive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we need to do that. So, um, well, I, I, I guess I'm saying all this, you know, because we just went through the Thanksgiving holiday. But I feel like. Or the
1: National Day of Mourning as Native Indigenous folks.
0: Right. The cooking. real shit. The real shit. I think Yo, that this is the it's one. It's Tecumseh's Day of Grace is what we should call that yeah. shit. Isn't it? It's just the most egregious holiday, right? Like, I mean, just thinking about, like, it's so egregious. I
1: mean, there's a lot of Columbus Day, (laughs) President's Day. Right, but Columbus,
2: no, 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 I'm It's really tough, bro, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, imagine, 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 right? Truly what you're talking about is a bunch of motherfuckers that don't know where the fuck they're going show up at your house. These motherfuckers got scurvy, they dying, they ain't got no fucking food. They don't know how to hunt, they don't know how to eat. You take their bum asses in, you feed them, And then they murder
0: your ass. It's literally the holiday of Goldilocks. And and it's like, okay, Columbus Day, of course. Super duper trash. But it's not even like every state doesn't even, like, port or, or celebrate it. You know what I mean? Like, Thanksgiving is a federal, like, nobody is working that Thursday and Friday. Yeah,
1: not you know anymore I mean? retail. <laughs> I mean, no government workers are working.
0: Right, oh, yeah. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah. No you know, white-collar
1: workers are working, but let's be honest. Yeah. The retail and service workers are totally working Thursday.
0: I stand corrected. But I feel like Friendsgiving, I feel like I hear more Friendsgiving than I do Thanksgiving at this point. I guess people have two of them. They have, like, a Friendsgiving and then a Thanksgiving, but you're with your Family on Thanksgiving. There's a one hundred percent chance there's going to be beef that day. Yeah. There's going to be arguments.
1: It's become like a sort of in joke, but it's not funny.
0: Right, right. Because you talk about politics, you, Everyone is super stressed out. Are people just kind of fed up? I'm. I know I was fed up with like family Thanksgivings and stuff like that. Like, is that why people are going to friendsgivings? Like, why do y'all think it's been so? Just transformed over the last 10 years, especially because this is paradigm shift, you know, and I feel like when I was growing up, Thanksgiving was the shit like that's all people talked about. And now I feel like there's so much more backlash as we, you know, get into the 2020s. Like just just thoughts.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think part of it is now that we have a more global platforms, we can communicate across regions and countries More and more folks ideally are listening to Native Indigenous voices, and they don't celebrate this day. And I think part of it, too, is that, like many things in the United States, people are trying to make it secular. So they're like, oh, it's not tied to the pilgrims or the Native Americans. It's, you know, it's just a time for me to hang out with my friends and appreciate them and be grateful for them. And it's like, okay, but we can't ignore the history behind it by trying to rename it and make it secular. Like, let's not forget the backbone of it.
2: I mean, I I can't easily say that it's gotten smaller. It's still very important to me to meet with my friends and to feed each other and to celebrate each other. You know, even though we've reinvented it and made it a different thing, made it something for us, it's our thing. But I, I can tell you right now, my parents probably still do that dumb big. All of my family that still interacts on that level dumb big all of them are showing up they're dressed up in, in suits and their best. They're bringing all the kids and all the cousins. I mean, and maybe it's just a regional thing, you know? Both of my parents being from the South, living up in the Midwest all that time. In Chicago, black family, Thanksgiving, in, in, in a lot of ways, is bigger than Christmas. Because shit, we could definitely, you know, it's like that one time when, when we were kicking it, you know what I'm saying, with Ainsley Burroughs. And he's like, yo, what do you like better, the shoes or the sauce? And I'm like, nigga, the sauce. Because I can eat good every fucking day, but I can't always afford to stunt. That's the difference between Christmas and Thanksgiving. Everybody could get that turkey. they giving out turkeys. Yep. We had this one fucking meal where we really do the most. You know, and so I can guarantee for that. But like for me, I feel like so many people, especially Gen X and down, we have a different understanding of what family is, and made family is so big, it just becomes this thing where we all get together and celebrate each other.
1: Oh, facts. Found family is definitely, I think, in, in both of our generations, because who wants to deal with the family bullshit? We definitely are telling ourselves. Not a day boomers. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they are. But it's I'm not going to listen to you yell at me and make decisions about my life choices and denigrate me while your voting patterns have completely destroyed the social fabric of the United States. Yeah, I want to hang out with my friends instead. Found family's super important. And these are the folks who have come through for you, who have watched you grow, who know you in ways that your family just doesn't. Well, I, I just want
0: to thank y'all. For the delicious food and company that y'all have brought over,
1: it was the best. Everybody on point with that cooking, man.
0: And, you know, shout out to Echel. You know, and Taff, they 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 held it down too. And 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 I just appreciate y'all. And I had a great time. And it's been a great weekend just hanging with y'all. You know this podcast was was great icing on the on the the cake. You know I mean, we had a lot of cake metaphors this weekend. Yeah, cake <laughs> so, over pie till I die. Hey, I'm the only 50 in the world. You know, cake and pie, man. Gang gang. Can we give a shout out to motherfucking Queen
2: and Slim?
0: Yes, Black
2: Cinema out there making us feel all the motherfucking. Things. Yeah. Shout out to the motherfucking homie Bertrand. Everybody tripping it wilder. Hey, nigga. Yo, you did it, man. You are this
0: generation's... I'm going to have to drop the time on that nigga.
2: I don't like, I don't that, like shit. that
0: shit. <laughs> I don't like that shit. Just can you just for the for the listeners who may not know who you're talking about it, connection all, to the poetry all world. Poetry.
2: All southern poetry, we all come up together because that's the whole way it is right there. Like with y'all, man, it's like DC institution. You know, you know, motherfuckers come up in a youth scene. Know the motherfuckers. It was setting this scene up 20 years ago, and I love that. But the South is so much more decentralized that we have to know everybody everywhere. Bertrand is a poet. He came up on the youth scene. He was mentored by Will, the real one, who is like a legend of the South. He is HBO deaf poet. The youngster was his protege. He's definitely his number one. When Will was took from us, you know, he was that dude. You know, he was the go to dude. Him and Asia, you know, from Miami. If you was coming up through Florida, you wanted to fuck with the youngster. You wanted to fuck with uh, Asia, and they really held it down for a long time, man. As great an actor as he is. He's a million times better as a fucking poet, man. Just a truly legendary dude. It's
0: just great to see him get his bubble on, man. The homies, the homies is thick as fuck, bro. The, the, the circle is fierce. And I don't know if we mentioned, you know, what I'm saying Tank. She she was nominated for a Grammy, you know, Tank of the Vengence. Yes. You know, man. It's just like everywhere I turn. It's just so, I'm so glad you have brought that up, man. It is so everywhere I turn. I'm seeing my team win. I'm seeing the people, you know, I'm putting putting in spaces and platforms where they can do well. And that really does my heart good, you know what I'm saying? And we, and we doing well, too. You know, we in all habitable continents in this thing, you know what I mean? We all over. We national. We international. We doing it big. This has been the record-setting uh, month for us in terms of this podcast, man. So we should give ourselves a little bit of love, too, you know? Man, and it always comes back yeah. to
2: y'all, See man. Y'all. y'all the ones that's making it happen out in the world. So, look, we're going to keep doing what we do. We want y'all to keep doing what you do. Remember, man, instead of calling your fucking congressman, go out there and canvas for a third party. They'll hear that shit for sure. We can change the world. We can make the world the world we wanna fucking be. I'm out here doing mine. I know y'all out there doing yours. What? Any
0: thoughts, Kita, before we wrap this thing up?
1: No, y'all are the best.
0: <laughs> you know, and you can also, you know what I'm saying, if you don't got time to go out there and call your congressman, you can email us, you know, your thoughts, your, your comments, your show topics at ExitTheMatrixPodcast at gmail.com. And hit us up on Facebook, Matrix Podcast. Hit us up on IG, Matrix Podcast, ExitTheMatrixPodcast.com. You know what it is. You know how we get down. And, uh, yeah, we out, gang gang. Hey, gang gang.